I'm Arya Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider show where it's all about the W. We have an exciting show for you today. The biggest news of the WNBA offseason so far has been the coaching vacancy and hire in Dallas. I'm honored to say joining us today on this show is the newly announced Dallas Wings head coach, Vicki Johnson. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com while you're there something we're really excited about we have our overseas tracker is live you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place i know i speak for myself and for rachel when i say we are very very excited to welcome to the show the newest head coach in the WNBA, Dallas Wings head coach, Vicki Johnson. Coach, how you doing? How's how's the whirlwind of the press conferences and everything going for you? Hey, I'm doing amazing. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to have this opportunity uh, to coach in the league that I won, that I that I helped build in 1997. In 90, so I'm excited to be a part of it on the coaching side of it. Well, as as you mentioned, you were part of the original WNBA right when the league broke into the scene. Uh, 1997, you were selected 12th by the New York Liberty. And probably, and all right, well, side story, you were the first Liberty player to score 2,000 points, but you hit 3,000. And when you did, the Carnegie Deli, the famous, the infamous Carnegie Deli <laughs> in New York actually named a sandwich after you. And we were chatting before this, Please tell us, because it's not that they just went, okay, let's pick a random sandwich off our menu no. and throw VJ on it. Like, tell us how that came to be, because that's the coolest thing ever that, you know, the respect that New York gave you at a historic landmark like that. Well, it's actually uh, the sandwich that I uh, ate a lot before uh, pregame. Uh, so they just created um, a three... Uh, 3,000 calorie because I, I reached the 3,000 mark in scoring. And uh, so they named a sandwich after me, uh, but it, it's actually the sandwich that I love. Uh, every time I go to New York, I uh, I order one uh, with my friends, uh, but it's a, it's a huge sandwich. <laughs> 3,000 calories. <laughs> There's 3,000 calories in this. What is it? Like, I need to know just so I can try to recreate it. It's, uh, it's turkey, ham, cheese. Uh, and mayo, uh, honey mustard, and tomatoes. I love it. I love it. Oh my! It sounds delicious too. I'm all right. I'm, I'd have to, I don't do the ham part because I'm Jewish, but I might have to you know make make some uh, altercations. But uh, and also the three thousand calories thing. Like I'm I'm still in semi quarantine. I'm not working that off for like three thousand months. Um, but you know let, let's let's talk about your career. Many people, as we just mentioned, now are educated on the fact that you helped bring in usher in the amazingness of this league. But, you know, you've watched the league grow. You've, you've been in multiple different positions as a player uh, in the beginning of the league, as a coach, as a head coach, as an assistant again, and now back to as a head coach. Talk to us a little bit from your perspective, how you've seen the league grow over the years in terms of marketing, gameplay, or, or anything else that kind of pops into your head. Uh, the league is, is continuing to grow every year. I'm amazed about, about the uh, possibility uh, where this league is going. 
uh, our young talent just today is amazing uh, on and off the court. Uh, the league is really standing up to the challenge of trying to uh, to uh, to raise salaries uh, respectfully, uh, so they don't so the players don't have to go overseas that they can stay here and be with their family. Uh, they created a, a marketing uh, off season where players can get paid uh, not as much as they make overseas right now, but I can see the change coming. Um, but these athletes are amazing. They're uh, they're athletic, they're smart, uh, they're driven, and uh, I'm just so happy to be a part of the league and try to do my part. Uh, when we started the league in '97, this is the reason why we started for these young players to have an opportunity to play uh, in the W, uh, to play uh, um, after college in the United States and not have to go overseas to play. Uh, and also play against the best players in the world because the W is the best league in the world, mm -hmm. the best talent in the world. Absolutely. And to have the opportunity not only to play in the best league in the world, but also to continue to play in front of your fans and your family is huge. And uh, that's the sacrifice we made uh, in 97 uh, starting the league. Coach, you've you've obviously been involved since day one. Here you are now, head coach, uh, for your second time, uh, obviously with the Dallas, Dallas Wings. But I, I want to talk about, like, during your playing career, was it always something you had in the back of your mind that you knew you wanted to coach? Um, or at what point did you realize that was the path for you and, and who kind of helped you along that way? Well, you know, I, I played multiple positions uh, in the W. Uh, when I started in in in, in New York, um, my first six years, I played the three position and the two position. Uh, my last three years in New York, when Spoon retired, uh, I moved to uh, the PG position. Uh, I enjoy that. Uh, I love organizing. I love controlling the show. And uh, when I I left New York and went to San Antonio and played for uh, four years. Uh, one of the things that I talked to about with Dan, um, who was the head coach in San Antonio, uh, to have an opportunity to coach after I finished playing. And he was like, if you come, I promise you, I will give you your first coaching, uh, your coaching gig. And he did. Um, and it was just uh, word of mouth. It was about trust. Um, and he gave me the opportunity. And I love coaching. And the thing that was different for me, um, I retired from the W in 09, but I continued to play overseas for uh, for two years. And it was very difficult for me at the beginning coaching uh, because I still had that, that player mentality, a mentality where uh, I held myself accountable. I didn't need a coach to push me. And I could tell that the generation was a little different. They actually needed a coach to push them. And I didn't know how to do that. Uh, because I still had the plan mentality. And so uh, I actually went to one of my friends that actually coached uh, high school basketball here in uh, Dallas. And I was like, I don't think uh, coaching is for me because I don't know how, uh, I don't know how to relate to these players because uh, I'm not that type of player. I'm self-driven. She was like, you just got to break it down from just, you know, A, B, C, and don't skip uh, steps. And and once I learned that, uh, I love it. I love teaching the game. I love uh, just seeing the players grow. Uh, when I played, 
I got the excitement from compete, competing against the best athletes in the world. But now my excitement comes from um, developing these young players uh, and watching them grow every day and being productive and bringing out the best version of them uh, in, in this game. And, and, and this game that I love so much and, and I love giving back to these players and, and I love teaching them. Uh, and I think that's a, a really interesting aspect, actually, Coach, that you brought up that, you know, you kind of have to change your mindset from players because a, a lot of us fans, we look at it and we go like, oh, this point guard. And we always, you know, assume that the point guard would be the best coach. But, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of look at it and you go, oh, it'd be so easy for a player to transition to a coach. But it's really a, a very different mindset. I personally, so I'm going to shame myself for this. I hate making NBA comparisons, so I'm not going to make the comparison. But I saw a really interesting quote from Steve Nash talking about how he was having trouble with his new position as a head coach, you know, adjusting from that mentality of the way he would dissect plays as a player versus how you dissect it as a coach. So I, I love to hear that from you. Um, that's really interesting. But something I want to ask you is, so you finish your playing, mm -hmm. you transition to coach even after two more years overseas, which we can make a whole episode on that because that's just right. super interesting <laughs> for me. Um, so you spent like around, I think it was seven years as an assistant coach with the Stars. You get your shot as a head coach. No, I think at least in my and Rachel's opinion, there's a consensus that you got a raw deal there. We're not going to really get into that, but I'm curious for you, what are some things you learned in that stint as a head coach that has helped you uh, in, in grow as a coach that you feel like, okay, you learned from that. That was a stepping stone that you can grow from. Well, uh, raw deal, deal or not, it was still an opportunity. And I take great pride in that opportunity. Um, I, when I went to San Antonio as a player, uh, the team was last in the league. Um, and people said that I was crazy for taking a chance of going to a program that was last in the league. I'm coming from New York. We're always in the finals. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a two-time uh, all-star, you know, but uh, I prayed about it and God told me San Antonio and I never looked back. And so... Uh, so plan, uh, people said that I was crazy, but then we was in, you know, I, I, of course I called some of my teammates for reinforcement, like a Becky Hammond, uh, Ann Waters, uh, Ruth Raleigh, Aaron Busher. Now we have a team full of all-stars, <laughs> 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 six man of the year awards, championship, you know, um, and then we was in, we was in the Western Finals. Uh, in old in 08, we turned that team around to make um, to be a, a playoff team. And so when I took the opportunity in in in, in 2017, I didn't look at it as anything but an opportunity mm -hmm. because I knew that I had what it takes uh, to help these young ladies continue to grow in the league that I love dearly that has given so much to me. So I didn't look at it as a bad thing. I look at it, I looked at it as an opportunity to continue to grow these young ladies, the ladies that I believe in and the ladies that I drafted, you know. Um, so what I learned uh, from being a player, a coach, and then a head coach, assistant coach to a head coach is, first of all, don't put so much pressure on them. They're young, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and, and I have to allow them to be themselves. Uh, and allow them to be free on the court. I gave them too much information. Um, I had to learn who they were as individuals and um, 
and the way to push them as individual to bring out the best version of them. For me, I wanted all the information out of me. Coach could not give me enough information because I wanted to be well prepared. Um, but they weren't built like me, and I had to understand that. And it took a took that year to understand that. And so now, you know, being in, in Las Vegas for two years, I mean, for three years, uh, gave me an opportunity to to exercise that. And uh, and now I'm ready. I'm ready to be a head coach. I'm, I'm I'm happy to be a head coach, and I know what it takes to be successful in this league. I love that response. You gave me goosebumps with a couple of things that you said there about, especially about just allowing them to be themselves. I think that's a, a really great, great quote there. Um, you, you, great segue. Um, I want to kind of talk about your time in Las Vegas. Three seasons mm-hmm. have been an absolute blast to watch that team turn into what it's become. Um, talk about your time with Bill Ambeer. You know, he's got a really nice kind of uh, very, very big coaching tree that's been growing. You know, he's been a head coach for a while. What have you taken away from him and, and this experience in Las Vegas? I think the biggest thing is uh, is, is have fun. You know, uh, it is what it is. That's his favorite quote. It is what it is. <laughs> when you when you do your best and you know you have done your best, you leave it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and you live with it. Good or bad, people going to judge. Um, but if you believe in something, then you just go after it. Uh, my opportunity with Bill, uh, he's a Hall of Famer. you know. So I learned a lot of things uh, from him, not only just on the basketball court, but off the ba- basketball court. He's a great family man. Most people don't know that. Uh, he loves the players. He loves this league. He will do any and everything for this league, for his players. And, uh, and that's who I am as a person. We're so different in, in some ways, but we're so alike. And so we're so similar in a lot of ways. And I'm just grateful that he believed in me uh, and trusted um, the fact that I, I came from a head coach of this team in San Antonio to be his assistant. Right. So he didn't know me as a person uh, other than just playing, you know, us competing against each other. Uh, but so I had to earn his trust. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. But once I learned earned his trust and he realized who I was as an individual, uh, who I was as a person, uh, he gave me more responsibility. At the end of my first year, uh, he gave me responsibility of being the defensive coach. And then the last two years, I led I, I was the defensive coach of that team and then player development as well, developing those players. Um, Asia Wilson, for example, you know, I was solely responsible for Asia Wilson this year and uh, to develop her game. And the one thing I told her, uh, because me being a former player, I believe in hard work. Hard work is everything. And I was like, I'm going to push you outside of your comfort level, but I promise you, if you do the necessary things, you will be MVP of this league this year. And she was MVP, but she worked, and I'm proud of her. And uh, and, and there's more example of Dierica, sixth man of the year. You know, I'm responsible for that. Uh, but just the dedication and the trust that they had in me uh, to push them to another height uh, in their game. Uh, and I'm truly blessed to have uh, those relationships. And it goes off, it goes beyond basketball. Um, I'm, it's, it's a, it's a lifelong uh, friendship that I would cherish for the rest of my life. That's awesome. Well, and that kind of takes us to right now. Uh, the Dallas Wings opportunity uh, becomes open. 
Um, I'm sure you had your eyes on that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Dallas is home base for you, but what what was that interview process like for you once uh, that that opportunity became available? Well, I've been in Dallas since uh, '04, um, right. so I love Dallas. I love Dallas, but I'm from Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana, but I love Dallas. Uh, I drove from the bubble. I drove from the bubble. I needed to, you know, free my mind of being inside a bubble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was very difficult. It was very difficult. I, I won't I won't lie to you. I played overseas for 15 years. Being inside of that bubble was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I salute everybody that was inside the bubble, especially the players, because they had to focus. Um, but uh, that process, uh, when I had a chance to talk to Greg after I made it home, and it's crazy because I sold a house in the bubble and I bought a house in the bubble. So I'm coming to a new home in right. Dallas. <laughs> You're making moves from the bubble. Yeah, I'm making moves in the bubble. You know? You've taken a virtual tour to the next level, haven't you? Facts. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, so I come home. I stay with my uh, brother for two days. So now I got to get my stuff out of storage. And I'm moving everything in. And then five days after I move in, right, Greg calls. So I have to put everything on hold. <laughs> I was like, just put up the bed and I'm good. So I have stuff everywhere. And so that process was was three and a half weeks. Um, It was interviews. It was uh, in person. Uh, I met uh, 90% of the owners. I interviewed with them. Uh, I did a little film work. Uh, I went to his house. (laughs) It was probably a, a, it was a good process. Um, uh, So, uh, but I respect the process uh, because I know it's important for him to, to get the right coach, you know, because uh, unfortunately they have changed coaches a lot in the last five years. Um, so, uh, so I wasn't offended. Uh, I was honored because I wanted him to know me as a person first and who I was and what this league mean to me and, and how dedicated I am to, uh, to grow in this league and, and, and to, uh, to bring a championship to Dallas. And I, we got to talk about this roster. I mean, one of the most electrifying, exciting rosters. I was saying this all during during the bubble, the wobble, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> one of the most fun teams to watch because they just have so much young talent. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. Talk to me about this roster. What excites you about this, this collection of fine-tuned athletes? Well, I think the biggest thing is what you said. They're young. Um, they're uh, gifted players. They're smart players, you know, and not only that, when you look at my roster even deeper, um, they come from prestigious universities, uh, winning, winning universities, uh, South Carolina, winning, you know, UConn, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Oregon. So they understand what it takes to win and to give of themselves, to make sacrifices for the team. And so that's what excites me the most is that they have that it. Because you can't be a you can't be a part of a winning program like that without understanding what it takes to be great. The sacrifices that you have to make on and off the court, not only to be student athletes, <laughs> but to be able to push yourself to another level in practice. And so that's what excites me. 
is that because I come from a program like that, Louisiana Tech under Leon Bormore, mm-hmm. and Moki was my assistant, Nell Fortin was my assistant. So I understand the sacrifices that you have to make, but there's something within yourself when you go to programs like that, the top pro- programs like that, you lose yourself. The coaches strip you of everything you know because you're this amazing player. <laughs> and now you come into this program and you have to start from the bottom up, you know? And so that's what excites me that these players understand what it takes. They have it. They don't want championships on the college level. And now it's my responsibility to tap into that and to draw that out and bring that passion back and hold them accountable because there's no way they was part of that program and they weren't held accountable in every aspect of the game. And that's what I'm trying to bring back to them as athletes in Dallas into Dallas as a team. That's amazing. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. You know, from from us, the talking heads, when we're looking in, we look at players and we, you know, we make our mock drafts and I'm not going to claim that we know what's in the minds of the GMs, but I always say it's that intangible because you might be this amazing player dropping 50 points a night on, you know, a sub subpar team. But when you're part of that winning culture, you see it in the players who come in league ready. There's, there's obviously still growth to do, but, but you see it uh, in them. and, And that's amazing. But I'm curious for you, you know, we talked about how scary talented this young roster is. Right. What do you think is going to be a key element for this young roster to grow into a championship caliber team? I think the biggest thing is understand how hard uh, they have to work uh, as, a, in, as individuals and as a team. And it just doesn't start in season. It's off season. It's what are they doing? What are they doing now overseas to prepare for the WNBA? Best league in the world. Because what people don't understand that I understand so well because I played in the W and I played overseas for 15 years, you know, when you overseas, you are the team. Like you are the woman, you know. And then when you come into the W, when you come into a W in the W, you just a part of the team. You're a piece of the puzzle. And you have to do your job well in order for the team to be successful. And so I think that's the that's the thing that um, we all have to understand, and and I and I and, and and the players understand who they are as people and what the sacrifices that have to make in order to be successful. I think you know we're entering a, a very exciting time. We've seen it in most professional sports leagues, and you know free agency. The all everyone likes to put on their GM cap, and everyone likes to talk about that. And not even talking about the draft, like that's a whole nother monster yeah, in its that's, own. That's I'm curious, right? Like I'm curious for you. Obviously, there's some things you can't tell us. We respect that and understand that. But kind of what's your mindset and what what's your strategy? What can you tell us? Because you know, if, if the fans have been paying attention, there's been some great breakthroughs, uh, at least from media perspective, in regards to free agency. We know Alicia Gray's a restricted free agent. We know you have this packed roster. And, you know, you've Greg has been like uh, just collecting draft picks and draft picks and, <laughs> and honestly knocked it out of the freaking park. Uh, not trying to get the explicit warning on this episode. Knocked it out of the freaking park this past draft, you know, just compiling this young talent. But from our perspective, you look at it and you're like, well, well, what do you do when you have so many, you know, high picks going into this draft? So share what you can with us, if you don't mind. Well, you know, I've been a, I've been in the league, I've been in this league for, for, for 24 years, 
Uh, I understand uh, what I have in Dallas. I understand my roster. And I know that free agency is huge. But for me, without telling you who I'm trying to get, um, it's very important for me to find the right vet to fit with this young core group, to educate them, to teach them how to be professional athletes on and off the court, but still allow them to grow. Because as vets in this league, you approach the game different. You're more focused. You're more, more focused. You're more uh, prepared in a different way. Uh, you're in your own zone. But the young generation is not like that. Mm -hmm. They're loud. They want to dance. They want to listen to their music. <laughs> You can't give them too much information because now they're thinking on the court versus reacting on the court. So for me, it's important for me to find in the free agency someone that can actually complement my team and allow them to grow and allow them to be who they are in that sense. Because these young players are different. They're built differently. You know, and so it's important for me to allow them to be themselves and let the vet come in and be okay with them being themselves, but then still hold them accountable because this is your job. Mm -hmm. This is your job. This is what we, we're here to do. But have fun. But this is your job. Mm -hmm. And when we come to work, we come to work. There's no days off. Yeah. And that's the mentality that I want that vet to have. Uh, coming in and coming into our team. What will be the identity of your team moving forward? Uh, hard work um, is, 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 is who we are. Uh, it's a sisterhood. It's trust. It's holding each other accountable. Um, that's, that will be our identity. That's without, that will be who we are. When fans come into this arena, come into a college park, when they come to the game, they gonna know that they aren't, their money was well spent. Mm -hmm. I want that same mentality that when I played in New York, we sold more merchandise than the Knicks. We were just a summer league, mm -hmm. but the fans were so dedicated to us because we had that family atmosphere, you know, and that's what I'm trying to bring to Dallas is the family atmosphere. I want these fans to know that we're here. We're going to work hard. We're going to leave everything on the court. We may win and we may lose. Mm -hmm. But you won't doubt for a second that we're a team and we came to work. I want to talk to you just about uh, that, that Dallas fan base in particular. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity there um, oh, yeah, for, sure. for continued growth. And that this is always one of the toughest challenges for head coaches at any position, but um, outside of what you just said, the product you're putting on the court and earning their money, um, how do you see that Dallas fan base and, and how do you see yourself creating that culture to where you want it to be? Man, the Dallas Wayne faithful are amazing, uh, but we want to tap into um, different markets. Um, I think Dallas, the, the, Dallas is the mega of women's basketball. Basketball, period. Mm -hmm. AU, high school. It's uh, true. It's very true. Universities that are, that's around the area. 
this is a big sport uh, for women, especially. Um, so it's just a, it's just drawing the man going into the community uh, for my players to go out, myself to go out and let the community see us. Because for me, like every city I have played in or coached in, like San Antonio, Las Vegas, or New York, it's only been three, right? Mm-hmm. They knew that it was a WBA team in the city, that we were it, you know? And and when I walk around Dallas, not now, but before, uh, I was like, yeah, I coach in the WBA. And I was like, where are you coaching? It's Las Vegas, you know? And I was like, they was like, really? I was like, yeah, you guys have a team here, the Dallas Wings. They were like, really? For real? Yeah. That's the market um, that I want to tap into. Uh, it's very important uh, for me to go out into the community, community um, to show and show my face, to show our team uh, who we are, what we're about, and um, and know that yeah, we in Dallas, and this is where we are, and we need you guys to come out and support. Because we want to be, we want to be huge like the like the uh, Dallas Cowboys. You know, they're American team. Mm-hmm. Well, they're known everywhere, all over the world, and we want to be a part of that. You know what I'm saying? But I know it's going to take time. I know that it's going to take consistency. I know it's going to be sacrifices on our part, but we're willing to do it, and my players are willing to do it because they they deserve to play in front of the best crowd in the W. And in the next two years, we will have the best crowd in the W. You heard it here first, everybody. Hot take on that one. Coach, you know, th- this this roster is very talented. Um, yes. They were playing very well towards the end of the year when you knew you could mm-hmm. see it behind the play of Arike. I mean, we could go down the line. Um, but what are some specific key areas, X's and O's, that you see – that this team has got to improve on in order to be a playoff contention team? Well, first of all, defense. <laughs> uh, we, have to, we have to be able to defend better. Uh, we have to be in the top. Um, we need to be in the top uh, three defensively. We can't allow opponents to shoot 47% against us, and we only shoot 21, uh, 41%. That's not going to work in this league, you know. Yeah. Um, the thing is that I was a defensive coach. Uh, my team in Las Vegas, my, my former team in Las Vegas, I had the number one team in defense. You know, so that part I, I'm not concerned about yeah. because defense, I believe, is only heart and hard work. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, if you play offense, then that's different. It takes talent. You have to. You got to really dedicate in, in, in creating a different uh, skill set. Uh, offensively, uh, I love the fact that we average nine offensive boards. That's huge. But we can even average, we can, we can kick that up to 12, you know. Um, we have to make open shots. We have to make open shots. We miss 60% of uncontested shots. That's unheard of, you know. So we have to improve that in that area. Uh, shooting a three ball. Um, we only shoot 32% from the three. We have shooters. So it's it's my responsibility and it's 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 me holding them accountable and holding themselves accountable as well to make shots. We have to make shots. You know, you have open shots, focus, take time, make your shot. And we can't give up 37% from the three. 
um, we we did. They're a young team, but they shot the, they 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 shot um, great from the free throw line. Um, they pretty much took care of the basketball. They only averaged like twelve turnovers a game. But the flip side of that, now we only forced nine turnovers. Well, we want to speed that up because we want to play fast. Because I noticed that a young team, you don't want to slow it down too much for them in the half court. You want to be able to run, read and react, uh, get some easy buckets, and that's going to come from steals. That's going to come from um, offensive rebounding. That's going to come from breaking you down, getting to the free throw line, those little things, and then making open shots as well. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. The, the, this team is is going to be very exciting to watch um, and to come together. Uh, because they have they have the talent, uh, but I have to just tap into it and bring it out and then bring that uh, team atmosphere together. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm always excited for the WNBA season to start, but you got me like, all right, come on. You let know what I mean? Go. Like, let, let, let's hop in the, uh, the the old time machine and jump forward a oh, few months. <laughs> um, well, we expect to be dropping this episode on Monday, so – just going to ask it, do you have any exciting breaking news you want to drop on us and as far as your staff? And if there isn't anything you want to share, could you give us kind of a, a peek into your mindset of, of what kind of coaches you're looking for to fill out your staff? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the biggest thing for me is that I have to find people that fit my personality in a sense. We can be different, but the core value of it and why you do it I need to know that you have the passion to teach these young ladies. It's not about your ego. I played 15 years, you know, a total of 25 years, 13 in the W, 15 overseas. I've been coaching for 10 years. I've been in this league forever, right? If I can walk into the door and leave my ego at the door, I expect my coaching staff to do the exact same. This is not a, a dictatorship. We're not doing that. It's a respect thing. And so for me, I'm taking the time to really interview these different coaches and understanding who they are as people first. Are they a family person? Because that's what I'm trying to build, a family atmosphere. Are they trustworthy? Do they hold themselves accountable? You know, and can they teach the game? And will my, will my players respect them? Because this is a different generation. Have you done it enough? to be able to say, hey, Enrique, you need to do da-da-da-da. Do you understand this league well enough to be able to give a scouting report and to give these kids what they need to be successful in this league, not on the college level, not high school, but on this level against the best athlete in the world? Can you motivate? You know, Are you willing to put in the time and the effort that is going to take because the W is different from any other league. Mm -hmm. It's shorts and you have to be well-prepared and the games are back to back. Sometimes, I mean, not in the bubble, but before we played four games a week, you know, and so it's the workload is hard and then we have practice as well. And so I just want to make sure that whoever I decide to bring uh, along with me to help me build um, this great foundation and to teach these young ladies uh, how to be professional athlete on and off the court, and how and, and make sure we're role models for this young athlete, this my young team, 
Um, so I'm just taking the time to, to really just trying to figure it out and, and, and also pray about it. You know, I don't want to make any moves, quick moves, mm-hmm. um, that, um, that I may regret, um, you know, seven, nine months from now, you know, so. Coach, I, I want to ask you real quick, as someone who's been in the league for so long, do you feel do you feel a sense of responsibility to educate these young players on the history of the league and what this league has gone through? Or you're kind of like, we got to focus on playing right now? Well, you know, like, this young generation, they don't even know I played. <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing out the old jerseys like, guys, don't forget, I played. Yeah, no, no, it is funny that you asked me that story because – so Arike, I mean, I know Arike, and she knows me as the assistant coach for the for for the for the Aces. That's all she knows, right? So, uh, so I was like, all right. So I was like, hey, Arike, how are you? Whatever. And I was like, all right, let me give you my resume. And so I broke it down to her, and I was like, you know, I played, you know, I started the league in '97. I played 13 years in the W. Uh, 15 years overseas. I played in the Euro League, the Euro Cup. I won a championship. I played in New York. We I went to five finals. You know, I hold the record in this in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. You know, all this stuff. I, I went to Louisiana Tech. My jersey is retired. I'm in the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame. I was the number one player coming out of uh, out of you know out of high school in the country. And she was like, okay, <laughs> okay whatever you want, it's done. <laughs> That's the respect we want great. to see. It was great. I mean, her, yeah, it was priceless. I was like, yeah, so you're not just, you know. And then, and then I gave her a scout report on herself. I told her her strength and her weaknesses and what I expect her to be working on overseas. And I told her something. She was like, wow. She was like, that's exactly what I'm working on. I was like, I know, because I know your game. I said, but it's easy. I can show you when you come back to the States. And we just fell out laughing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, that's that's so important. It was fun. It was fun. Well, Coach, we are we are so appreciative of your time. And, and for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. You heard it here first inside the mind of the newest head coach in the WBA, Vicki Johnson, the Dallas Wings. Coach, thank you for your time. Uh, we wish you all the best as you head into free agency and dealing with all those uh, draft picks that we all know you have. Um, <laughs> happy holidays, and uh, everybody, please stay safe. All right. Thank you.